Hey there, Internet. This is Glenn. And this is Linda. And you're listening to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. It's nice to see all the familiar faces with us. And all those new folks are welcome here, too. We're coming to you from Faith Productions Recording Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. Come on in, get a cup of coffee, and get by the fire and warm yourself up. We're so glad you're here. Todd, you sit here. And Pastor, you sat over there. Let's get started. Glad you're here too, David. Hope you all had a nice week this week. Glenn's been in the hospital this past week. I had a couple of rough weeks. I can't seem they can't seem to figure me out. All the tests came back clear. But I'm still sick. You're a little better, I think. Maybe a little bit better. As long as I sit in one place and don't move around too much, I'm okay. So I can do my podcasts, I can do my music and rest occasionally, but getting up and walking around, I'm not so good. Keep Glenn in your prayers. The one thing we can count on is Jesus. That's right, Linda, we sure can. Folks, I'd like to encourage you to go online and listen to our music. We make small royalty when you play our songs. And we have over 106 of those wonderful old hymns, all Played up to with with up to, to to date styles that we hope you're most enjoyable to you. We don't get paid for the podcast. It's a ministry of love and service. And we do love it, don't we, Linda? We sure do. We played at Garden Springs this month. Yes, and also at Rosemont Baptist Church. That was a lot of fun. They're precious people. What are we looking at this week on our podcast, Glenn? It's such a blessing to have the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Linda. And our song this week is, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. The Holy Spirit is not just a ghost in the night or mist in the air. He's a real living being in person. When we make time and space for him in our life, he's a tangible presence that means so much to the Christian life and existence. He's such a joy in our lives. I think the song, Sweet, Sweet Spirit, is so descriptive of his presence. Spending time in the Bible, waiting on the Holy Spirit, is something I look forward to every day. We need to prepare ourselves for him. He's a jealous God, and he wants to have nothing between us and him. And it requires us to be still and know Him. Being alone with God and our thoughts with His is some of the most rewarding, rewarding times of our Christian life. Oh, <laughs> my, you're so right about that. Some of the greatest changes in my life have come when I just sat and let Him rewire my brain like He wants to with a prayer of, God, change me. Make me what you want, to, you want me to be. And it brings such peace and harmony of life and life situations. It certainly does. And there are so many times when we don't know what, what, what to do about a life event. And the book of James tells us, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. And he'll gladly tell you, for he has a bountiful supply of wisdom for all who ask. Often we forget to ask. I know I sometimes find myself all wrapped up in my own plans and routine, and I don't think about it. 
And then we suddenly find we have a situation we're not prepared for and don't know what to do. I think you're right, Glenn. I like my routine, so every evening before I go to sleep, I spend time clearing my mind and focusing on God and things He has placed on my mind that day. I spend time asking Him to guide me and direct my thoughts, adjusting me where it needs to be adjusted. I try, and since His leadership and direction in my thoughts, and put His leadership and uh, directions in my thoughts and prayers. I spend time in gratitude for Him and all He is doing in my life. I rejoice in His goodness to me and my life and ministry. I ask Him to prepare me for tomorrow. And I like just to rest there then in His presence. That's a good way to go to sleep. It is, but you know, sometimes He has something He wants me to think about and plan. And when that happens i might not get to sleep <laughs> but usually i go to sleep resting in his arms we usually have bible study in the mornings yeah we do we have a bible reading plan that lets us read through our bible every year then we have a prayer time and we get our day started off right then it's time to work on the podcast and our music and this week's song is all the way my savior leads me come from a grateful heart come from the grateful heart of fanny crosby after she received a direct answer to prayer the story is recounted in fanny crosby's autobiography the writing of this hymn all the way my savior leads me was the result of a bit of personal experience fanny became a prolific poet who was under contract for three hymns a week. As a result of the pressure to meet deadlines, she often prayed for guidance to come up with words. However, one day in 1874, she prayed for more material things. She had run short of money and needed $5 for her rent that was due. There was not any time to ask her publishers for her advance, so she simply prayed for the money. Shortly after the prayer, a stranger called just to meet her and said that he liked her hymns. And in the parting handshake, the admirer left her hand full of a five-dollar bill. As the recipient of this unexpected good fortune, she sat in her room meditating on the goodness of God. The lyrics of the song came to her mind. She said, I have no way to account for this except to breathe that God, in answer to my prayer, put it into the heart of this good man to bring me the money. My first thought was, in what a wonderful way the Lord helps me. All the way my Savior leads me was the result of the poem she wrote afterward. All the way my Savior leads me eventually became the hymn. Fanny put the poem down on paper and sent it to Dr. Robert Lowry, the famous preacher and hymn writer. Having succeeded William Bradbury as the music editor for the Big Blow and Main Company and produced such well-known songs as Christ Arose and Shall We Gather at the River, and he composed the tune, the tune to All the Way. He also published the song in his Sunday school song collection, Brightest and Best, which he compiled in 1875 with William Dole, 
all the way my Savior leaves me. What have I to ask besides? Can I doubt his tender mercies, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know wherever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. All the way my Savior leads me, cheers each winding path I tread, gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with a living bread. Though my weary steps may falter and my soul athirst may be, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. Gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. All the way my Savior leads me, all the fullness of his love, perfect rest in me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit, clothed in mortal, wings at flight to realms of day, this my song through endless ages, Jesus leads me all the way. This my song through endless ages, Jesus leads me all the way. Now let's listen to Forgiven do our song. All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy? through life has been my guide. Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. Cheers each winding path I tread, gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter, and my soul a thirst may be, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. Gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. Thank you. 
rest in my Father's house above. When my spirit clothed in mortal wings its flight to realms of day, this my soul through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. This my soul through endless ages, Jesus led me all the The hymn was first published in the Brightest and Best Hymnal in 1875. It is considered one of Crosby's best-known hymns and has been published in over 250 hymnals. When Fanny was about six weeks old, her parents realized with alarm that something was wrong with her eyes. The local doctor was away, but Crosby found the man. No one afterward could call his name who claimed to be a fish physician. He had put a hot poultice on the baby's inflamed eyes, insisting it would draw out the infection. The infection did clear up, but the white scars appeared, and in the months that followed, the baby registered no response to objects held before her. As it turned out, Fanny was not only totally blind, even in old age, she could only discern day and night. But her vision was gone. When Fanny Crosby wrote, All the way my Savior leads me, she was expressing her own testimony of God's guidance. Even her blindness, she realized, was part of his plan. Years later, Fanny viewed her blindness as a special gift from God, believing he had given her a particular soul vision which equipped her for a special work it was the best thing that could have happened to me she declared how in the world could i have lived such a helpful life had it not been blind don't blame the doctor fanny said to another on another occasion he's probably dead at this time but if i could meet them i'd tell him that he unwittingly did me the greatest favor in the world she memorized vast portions of the Bible and said, The holy book has nurtured, nurtured my entire life. The text was written by Frances Jane Crosby Van Alstine, better known as Fanny Crosby. In summary, this hymn says that our Savior, Jesus, provides us with guidance and strength all the way through life. Crosby goes through many examples of places and feelings in which her Savior led her gracefully through, and the song is an expression of our faith in Christ to lead us. The first stanza of the song says that because Christ leads us, we have our needs provided all the way my Savior leads me. What have I to ask besides? Can I doubt my tender mercies, who through life has been my God? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, hereby here in faith to dwell. For I know wherever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. We have no reason to doubt that the tender mercy of him who is our guide to see that our needs are taken care of. As we read in Psalm 23, 1 through 6, 
a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art me, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not only the physical needs, but the spiritual needs of heavenly peace and and the divinest comfort are granted to those who dwell in him by faith. We read in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Therefore, we can be assured that whatever befalls us, the Lord will do all things good for us. Deuteronomy 6.24, And the Lord commanded us to do all things, statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good. Always he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. Romans 8.28 says, And we shall know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. The second stanza says that because Christ leads us, we have his cheer to help us. All the way my Savior leads me, cheers each winding path I tread, gives me grace for every trial, feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter, and my soul athirst may be, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of joy I see. We all face the trials in this life, but he gives us grace and feeds us with his living bread to sustain us. John six thirty-two through 35 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but the Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh new to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. In Hebrews four fourteen through 16, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. 
In 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16, we can read, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice, insomuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of God, glory and God rests upon you, and their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in another man's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him be ashamed. Let him not be ashamed, but let him be glorified on God's on this behalf. As we journey through life, our weary steps will sometimes falter, and our souls will thirst. Psalm 6, 6 says, I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Israelites of old, we can look to the Lord for a spring of joy gushing from the rock before us in Exodus 17, 6. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and there shall smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. John 14 through 14, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me a drink. Thou wouldst ask him, and he would give thee living water. The woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and that well is deep. From whence he hath, from whence thou hast to draw this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well to drink thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to whoever, her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The third stanza says that because Christ leads us, have the fullness of his love. We have the fullness of his love. All the way my Savior leads me. Oh, the fullness of his love. Perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit, clothed immortal, wings its flight to realms of day, this is my song through endless ages. Jesus led me all the way. This fullness is manufactured, manifested in the fact that perfect rest is promised in the Father's house above. John 14, 1-3 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believed in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Someday when Jesus comes, our spirits clothed immortal will wing their flight to realms of day. And in Second Corinthians 5, 1-6, says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the self same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Then we can sing the song through endless ages, that Jesus led us all the way, just as he did Israel. In Deuteronomy 32:12. So the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. This song is one somewhat unusual among the more popular of Fanny Crosby's works in that it, unlike most others, it does not have a standard course which follows each stanza. While it's not a song of praise, addressing directly to the Lord is more a devotional hymn praising his goodness and guidance than a typical, typical gospel song. If I am to have a, the hope of going to be with God, I must strive to live here on earth so that all the way my Savior leads me. Fanny Crosby was one of, if not the, most prolific hymn writers of all the time. Of all time. She authored over 8,000 hymns and used almost 200 different pseudonyms because publishers were hesitant to include so many songs by the same person in their hymnals. Crosby went blind while she was still an infant and never recognized her sight. Of her blindness, she wrote, it seemed intended to be a blessing of God's providence by God that I should be blind all my life. And I thank him for that dispensation. If perfect earthly sight was offered me tomorrow, I wouldn't accept it. I might have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted from the beautiful and interesting things around me. In 1843, she was among a group of students from the New York Institution for the Blind, that went to Washington, D.C. to speak to the U.S. Senate about supporting education for the blind. She became the first woman to speak in Congress. In her 60s, she became active to missions to the poor New York. She worked at a number of uh, inner-city missions in the Browery and in Hell's Kitchen areas of the city. Born in March of 1820 in the Putnam County town of southeast New York, 
Frances Jane Fanny Crosby was blind, as we previously mentioned, at the age of six weeks, when a visiting doctor ill-advised her to try to relieve inflammation of her eyes with hot poultices. Throughout her life, she never seemed to consider her blind as a handicap. Even as a young child, she was able to play outdoors with the children, running and jumping and climbing trees or the rock walls in the southeastern New York countryside. Her first poem was written at age eight, and it shows both facility with words and a remarkable attitude. This is a really good poem, especially at her age and her circumstances. Fanny Crosby's first poem says, Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot, nor I won't. My goodness. At age 15, she began studies at the New York Institute of the Blind in New York City. There, she excelled as students for seven. Excelled well, as a student for seven years. After graduating, she produced her first volume of poetry, published under the title "The Blind Girl and Other Poems." In 1847, she returned to the Institute as a teacher of English and history, a position she retained for 11 successful years. She blossomed as a poet and teacher and met many important and influential people who visited the Institute. Visitors included William Cullen Bryant, Horace Greenlee, Henry Clay, General Winfield Scott, U.S. President James K. Polk, and future President Grover Cleveland. For a short time, Cleveland served as assistant to the superintendent of the institution, the Institute. During her years on the faculty of the Institute, she, her religious faith deepened in what she described as her conversion. She had always been a church-going Christian and kept was a keen student of the Bible, memorizing large portions of the scripture from her childhood. After this turning point in her life, she turned to her poetic talents, writing Christian poetry. In particular, she wrote metrical verses that could be set to music as hymns. Fanny Crosby collaborated with prominent composers and music publishers such as George Root, William H. Bradbury, and singing evangelist Philip Phillips. She often produced hymns in less than 30 minutes. Often she would work for a period of weeks and months on a series of hymns which she would commit to memory. Later she would write them out one by one, consecutively as many as 40 at a time. Fanny Crosby married composer, organist, and music teacher Alexander Van Alstein in 1858. He was also blind, encouraged her in her creative talents. Their only child, Francis, died as an infant, but they maintained a 44-year marriage until Alstein's death in 1902. The late 19th and early 20th centuries were times of great spiritual revival and evangelistic fervor 
in the United States. Fanny Crosby's spirit and talent were ideally suited for the times. Her hymns of simple and direct expression of personal Christian experience were in great demand by composers and publishers. Published with tunes of simple melodies and harmonic structure, these easily learned and remembered hymns became known as gospel songs. Bigelow and Maine published most of her hymns. This company was a combination of publishers and two principal compilers of gospel songs. Philip Bliss and Ira D. Skanky, among her many hymns still popular today, are Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Tenderly Calling Thee Home, Tell Me an Old Story of Jesus, I Am Thine, O Lord, I Have Heard Thy Voice, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior, Rescue the Perishing, To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Hath Done. The ideal music for a gospel hymn included a popular melody that could be easily learned by common people. Simple harmonies and relatively few chord changes supported the melody, which usually included a refrain. Robert Lowry, who composed All the Way, specifically for our hymn, was born in Philadelphia in 1826. He attended the University of Lewisburg, now Bucknell University, where he excelled as a student of literature and theology. He graduated in 1854 as valedictorian of his class and was then ordained a Baptist minister. Subsequently, Lowry enjoyed a long and successful career as pastor, preacher, author, editor, professor of literature, composer, and hymn writer. Lowry was pastor of Hanson Place Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York, during much of the decade of the 1860s. During this time, he wrote the words and music to, them, to his most successful hymn, Shall We Gather at the River. Laurel's hymn output includes Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, Only One Name, and Low in the Grave He Lay. Lowry composed a large number of hymn tunes, many of which are still popular today. Marching to Zion includes a refrain that has the same tune as its name. It needs to be sung, and needs, need is, is sung with I need thee every hour. Crosby's literary work was quite expansive. It was published in numerous publications, including the Saturday Evening Post, and praised highly by John Quincy Adams, among others. And she wrote patriotic songs during the Civil War. She married Alexander Van Austin, Jr. in 1858 and had one daughter who died soon after her birth. Crosby's hymn, Safe in the Arms of Jesus, was inspired by her death. This is how funny Fanny described her work, working method. It may seem a little old-fashioned always to be in one's work with prayer, but I never undertake a hymn without first asking the good Lord to be my inspiration. So she often composed six or seven hymns a day, sometimes 12 at a time. Her hymns were never written for financial gains. The royalties were always donated to worthy causes. 
she literally gave her life away and often ended up penniless. She passed away on February 12th, 1915. Fanny Crosby had many reasons to complain, but she chose the opposite. She thanked God for her losses, for she believed that God had given her an inner soul vision. She once said, How in the world could I have lived such a helpful life if I had not been blind? This hymn encapsulates the life story of the remarkable Fanny Crosby. The Savior is our hope in difficult circumstances. Like the Apostle Paul, she could say, His strength is made perfect in my weaknesses. It is the testimony of countless Christians who have walked as Fanny Crosby with the inner illumination of God's Word and God's presence. Before we go today, can I ask you, our listener, are you sure of your eternity? Do you absolutely know for sure the answer? Jesus said, I come that you might know that you have everlasting life. In John 14, 6, Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. See, there's no other way to God but through Jesus. Put your faith and trust in Jesus for salvation because he's the only possible way to heaven to be with Jesus. Just trust him today. If you'd like to talk to me more about it, I'd be delighted to to chat with you. You can email me. My email is glenn.dawson, that's G-L-E-N-N, two N's, dot Dawson, at TWC.com. Or you can also reach me at glenn at saxonmusic.com. God has been gracious to allow us this podcast, and we are thankful for it. Even though we did not ask anyone for money, we have had help from our audience. When our songs are played, we receive a small streaming royalty of five cents. So we want to thank you for listening to our songs on more than 50 distributors that we have worldwide. If you listen to our music while you are traveling or working around the house or whatever you're doing, we trust you enjoy the music and pray it's a spiritual blessing to you. Remember, you are helping keep our ministry going just by listening. If you don't have a streaming service already to listen to our music, you can listen to it free. Just listen to our YouTube audio channel. It's located at https colon forward forward www.youtube.com forward slash we are forgiven. Do that to listen to over 160 of our songs. Check out our video channel there too. If you have Alexa or Echo, just say, play the music of Glenn Dawson and listen as long as you like for free. If you're not getting our newsletter, go to our website at glenndawsonea.com. That's G-L-E-N-N Dawsonea.com and click on newsletter. Well, folks, that concludes our podcast for this week. We're going to see you again next week, I hope. Until then, God bless you. And remember, we We love love you all. Bye Bye for for now. now.